Hi, and welcome to Thought Bubble. My name's Scott Millward. Here, I'll be talking to thought leaders from various industries, sharing their insight into their area of expertise and creating a thought bubble around the topics that matter. Let's jump into it. Hello and welcome everyone to another episode of Thought Bubble. Uh, really pleased today to have Alice Lyons with me. Alice is the founder and director of Dark Coffee. Dark Coffee is a, a well-being business, would you say? Yeah, well-being agency. It's a well-being agency which supports founders, CEOs, directors of companies to take control of their mental health, prioritize themselves, improve their businesses, and yeah, just give people a support, which I think is more relevant than ever with uh, with lockdown changing all of our lives so uh, welcome Alice. Thanks very much thanks for the plug that was better than I could have done for myself. There you <laughs> go there's the marketing bit done. Um, no it's really good to have um, Alice on the podcast today. Alice is also um, a fellow podcaster with her Dark Coffee podcast mm-hmm. um, which has uh, been really successful talking about a range of different things within mental health and business um, so I thought it'd be really good to get Alice on the podcast today get a bit of value for everyone and see whether we can share some stories which people could get some value from so Alice I wanted to get a little bit into your background how you came to support people and businesses with mental health and with well-being and all that sort of stuff cool so the background for for the project that i'm involved in now it was a podcast before it was a business the business was kind of secondary because it was just through trying to monetize the podcast that i actually realized hey there's a there's more to this and i can actually make a living doing uh, more useful things and um, so the way i came to the podcast was i did for no other reason other than a bit of something to do i did a public speaking course a couple of years ago and it was just literally just a hobby something to do thought i'd get some skills from it because everybody needs to present in various areas of their lives and through doing that i started off talking about fluffy subjects and I, I was very good with like audience engagement and getting people on board telling funny stories and that kind of thing but i felt like i wasn't really challenging myself enough and it came to the final performance i needed to give and um, i decided to kind of come out about my mental health i guess you could say so in front of this room with 100 people in it including my parents i talked about suicide ideation and my experiences with that and how much of a head fuck it was and how much <laughs> it terrified me but i kind of was coming to terms with it on my own and um it was horrifying it was a horrible horrible experience but it was really well received by other people and other people were coming up to me afterwards and hugging me and saying oh my god thank you so much for for saying that and a lot of people were saying i've gone through the same thing and you would never guess that about anybody that was in the room and it was so supportive and so encouraging and i left that event and i was absolutely buzzing and I was talking to one of my friends about it in the pub at the end of the week. And I was like, I just I just really want to do more. I want to do something further. I don't know what to do. And he was like, well, you listen to podcasts all the time. Why don't you start a podcast? So I was like, great. Yeah, cool. And it just it just seemed like second nature to me because I do listen to podcasts all the time. Um, so I set it up a few weeks later. And, and, then, and how long ago was that, sorry? So that was like a year and a half ago now. Okay. Uh, and you've been consistently doing it since? Yeah, basically. Yeah, I haven't taken a formal break at all. Um, because yeah it's just something I really enjoy doing it's an absolute hobby and I think that the thing about podcasting now it's so much bigger than it used to be mm. and the the level of access it takes to to get into it is a lot lower absolutely in yeah. really podcasting is just people talking to people mm-hmm. um, about different topics and personally I don't think there's any topics which are 
as important um, as mental health because everyone has it, everyone needs to look after it. It's just as important as your physical health. So obviously we're coming out of lockdown at the moment. Uh, people might have been furloughed, made redundant, or they're coming back into the working environment after being out of it for a few months. Um, what sort of advice would you give to people um, getting back into the workplace, whether they have been furloughed, made redundant, mm. coming back to work, starting a new job? new job managing well, staff like whatever it is what would your advice be i mean the first thing to realize is the scale of the the shit show that has been locked down like it's been a really traumatic time and it's it's not too much of a stretch to call it trauma it's not just one thing it's a combination of really difficult challenging circumstances that we've all been through so the first thing is just to stop and actually recognize what we've just been through and i think too many people are trying to push forward into like oh new normal everything's getting back to normal da, da, da. like this is anything but normal i did a blog about this a couple of uh, days ago and i was like there is nothing normal about this and to try and keep it as blase as like oh come on get back to the office da, da, da. it's not going to be seamless for anybody so the first thing i would say to everyone is just to reflect first of all and just kind of look back over the past few months and what it's what it's meant for you and what you've potentially learned from it what you've gained from it maybe what you've lost from it as well because people like you said people have lost jobs people have lost confidence confidence has gone down massively for people yeah 100 percent. and i, I want to touch on that confidence point as well um we we had a conversation on wednesday i believe mm. uh this week and we were talking about confidence mm. and it was one of the first times that i personally felt like i'd lost confidence uh, in, in myself um, and I think that I'm not on, on my own with that mm -hmm. and I think a lot of it is to do with coming out of your normal routine I'm a very personal person I, I, I like interaction with people being social networking all that sort of stuff and when you get that taken away from you yeah. it can knock you out of your routine out of your stride um, and you know I'm as a marketer I'm a creative so in order to come up with those cool ideas I need to be in a confident creative place mm -hmm. and I think a lot of people have been knocked a bit sideways from that I mean furlough has been fantastic for a lot of people saved a lot of jobs and all the businesses which have supported their employees financially throughout um, lockdown like hats off to you is an amazing thing to do but I think it's also important to recognize the the social and confidence mental health anxiety aspect of not being in work and how much we all take from that mm -hmm. um so you know those check-in calls just to have a conversation not talk about work just have a conversation how are you doing you yeah, know just bring the humanity back like really prioritize the the human element of work as well which is about relationship building. we were talking about this earlier because marketing is about relationship building it's not just about what's the immediate return on investment today tomorrow next week it's long term what does this relationship look like six months from now what can we get over the long term through building that relationship and that's how that's how businesses should be run it should be people first and everything comes off the back of that everything comes profit comes success comes your reputation comes but i think during a crisis especially in difficult times people panic and they look for the safe options and things that we kind of understand are money we get if we spend that amount of money we'll get that amount of money back potentially people really go into panic mode during a crisis and we saw that especially the first few weeks of lockdown before all the support and everything was announced from the government people were making redundancy people were sacking people people were wrapping up the companies just flying into panic mode and then gradually they were bringing it back and going oh well actually there's this furlough scheme oh well actually we don't need to we don't need to have that knee-jerk reaction but it's, it's very natural like that's programmed into us as animals isn't it and i think that where we are now is 
we're having not knee-jerk reactions back into working yes with a lot of people are pretending it's business as usual or trying to convince themselves that is but i don't Mm -hmm. think across any industry that is so i think it's just gonna be interesting the next probably six months to see how we all go back into our working environments and how we manage that because this is the thing we're not we're not returning to what was there before we are all fundamentally different people now like the experience we've just gone through as individuals as well as collectively is a formative experience you could say on paper like oh it's only three months and that's true it's only a few months like we don't have to be defined by this period at all but we can't deny that it's had an effect on us and it will have affected us on an emotional level, you know, spiritual level, if that's how you kind of um, roll, if that's your bag, um, on, a, on an occupational level. Like, we are different people. If we take the lessons and stuff that we've learned from lockdown, what we'll probably find is that we're not the same as we were three months ago and the landscape is not the same and society is not the same. So to think we're just going to, like, spring back into how we were three months ago is naive and it's just not going to be the case. Exactly, and I think that, yeah, just recognizing that the landscape is different mm-hmm. i mean for me i had a, a conversation i just had to catch up with a colleague just to see you know how she's getting on and she said scott look i've never struggled with mental health before mm-hmm. and this has been really tough yeah and you know i'm not one to have anxiety or depression you know that sort of thing is, is what she was saying mm. but you know i struggled and she felt confident enough to say that to me because yeah. i've talked about my own uh, my own struggles mm-hmm. but when you hear that from someone who you don't expect you're like oh wow like and it affects everyone regardless of whether you accept it or not you know everyone's experienced some level of anxiety during this because stress is a mental health issue people don't associate it with that but if you've ever experienced stress that is a mental health concern yeah i mean anxiety in its purest form is worry about the future yeah and who um, hasn't had any anxiety in this period? Point exactly. to a single person. You worry when you don't have certainty, mm-hmm. and this has been anything but certain. And I think what's been nice about this experience as a leveller is that actually it's done quite a lot to take the stigma away, I think, because, like I said, it's been a sustained period of time. Even if you navigated the first few weeks very well, I don't think anyone's got through the three months unscathed and without, do you know what, I've been stressed about this, I've been anxious about this, I've been scared about this. It's affected us all on different levels. So it has... Um, kind of taken a lot of the stigma away like you said about people who've always said I don't get mental health issues it's it's challenged us all and said well actually you're only human and you you are going to emotionally struggle with different things yeah absolutely I think that it's something that you can't really get away from and everyone does get affected by things regardless Mm. you either bottle it up or you talk about it or you you deal everyone deals with uh, with mental health in in different ways and the thing is you're always dealing with it whether you acknowledge it or not you are always dealing with it it's either like you said if you if you bottle it up and push it down it doesn't go away it sits in your system it sits as cortisol and your body has to do something with that so it turns into tumors or it'll turn into a physical health condition or your you know further down the line you get people who've been working themselves into you know down to the bone for years they suddenly have a breakdown but it's not sudden your body has been dealing with that the whole time but because you haven't approached it and you haven't faced it it just festers and it gets worse so it's about like the stuff i enjoy doing is having these proactive conversations to help people get better at managing the stresses that they naturally encounter so if uh, we're speaking with ceo director of business those are the people which you know obviously they've made difficult decisions people have been made redundant people have been furloughed kept on whatever has happened they've been under an extraordinary about amounts mm. of stress recently um you're working with a lot of these people 
what is your advice to these people at this current time? What techniques, tools, um, different things people can use to try and sort of navigate coming out of lockdown? What can mm. they do? So it's going to be different for everybody, obviously, because your mental health is very specific to you and what works for you might not work for someone else. But the thing that is the same for all of us is that we need to start focusing on ourselves. And, you know, I run a small business myself. I know the pressure and I know the the kind of the immediate reaction we have is to think about everything else we think about our teams or we'll think about our clients and all these other things but unless you're looking after yourself nothing else can run smoothly or it has a finite time limit on it like you can do it for a week or two but it's not sustainable so for all of those people that especially like ceos and people they have to look at themselves and take that moment to reflect take that moment to step back and think actually this has been a really hard time and i just need to to just process it first and foremost in whatever way makes sense for them so some people really enjoy coaching for that reason because it creates that opportunity and that headspace to actually go, oh, you know, just I, I need to sit with my feelings, I need to bounce some ideas around with someone else, or, you know, just get some uncomfortable feelings off my chest and then I can move forward. Some people, journaling is a great tool. I use journaling all the time. I'm very, very, very proactive with my journaling because um, it's just a great way for me to think through difficult situations and just get it out of my head. Um, so yeah, I think that's the first step for everyone is just to take that private time, however it works for them, to reflect. Yeah, I think that that's a sensible thing to do is try and reflect. Like, there's a lot of people I think at the moment beating themselves up because they haven't learned three languages, yeah. or maybe they got made redundant and they're lacking confidence, yeah. trying to get back into the market. They don't know what they're going to do, mm -hmm. and you know. In, in order to take action, I think you need to fully assess what's happened and, and, and take stock of that and probably accept that how difficult the situation has been and not put too much blame on yourself or too much pressure on yourself um, that you haven't done X, Y or Z or maybe you had a few days sat at home not really doing anything. It's absolutely fine. Yeah, um, and it is so normal. Like a lot of the stuff I do, the posts I do on social media, especially like on LinkedIn and in Instagram, especially over lockdown, I've been extremely transparent about how difficult it's been on certain days because I just don't think there's a, that level of awareness out there of people sharing the true story of like, actually, it's fucking hard. And this is what I'm going through. And every time I do that, I get people reaching out DMs or in the comments, whatever it is. And they said, God, thank you so much for saying that. I thought I was on my own. And we're never on our own. Like no matter how complex and nuanced our individual experiences are, when we talk about it, you realize other people feel the same or they recognize parts of themselves in you. And it's only through that kind of, it's, it's brave as fuck. Like it's really scary to put stuff out there for judgment. It really is. But it's also a really good way of connecting with people and people appreciate that kind of level of honesty. And it's good for you. It's cathartic because you're getting it off your chest. And then you get the kind of feedback of helping other people as well. And it's a really good way of finding helpers and people who, who you can kind of add to your support team as well. Like if I was really struggling with something, even just saying, oh, do you know what? I've struggled with this today. I'll get people reach out to me and say, oh, I could help you with that. Not, not in like a selling services kind of way, but sometimes. Um, but otherwise it could just be, oh, I went through something similar the other day. Do you want to call me and I can talk you through it? Like it's, it's not directly asking for help, but sometimes just voicing your concerns. Helpers will find you very naturally. Yeah, definitely. I think that that's just a sense, confide in people who you trust and all mm. that sort of stuff. One thing which is a bit of a gripe of mine, which I think, HR do fail on um, in, in terms of supporting mental health with mm. employees because you know I, I don't think it's their fault they're not 
they're not trained to be yeah. you know practitioners and support and i think a lot of people are scared of speaking to hr about these issues because yeah. they're worried you know if they bring up how they're feeling about their mental health and their situation that you know that's going to be a red, red flag for yeah. them as a person and they're going to be viewed differently at work you know lots of hr are having to manage redundancies and mm. furlough at the minute so it's not like that's what they're doing they're doing yeah. technical tasks at the minute they, they're not there able to support you on an emotional level um so i think it's it's down to colleagues it's down to management to recognize if someone's been a bit quiet mm-hmm. like some people won't have spoken to their manager for six eight weeks yeah and they're on furlough they're like they don't know whether their job's coming back next week they don't yeah. know whether the company's okay or what's going on i think it's important those just little touch points are important yeah this is the thing like mental health is not one person's responsibility and this is the problem i've had with um schemes like mental health first aid is that the way they've promoted that it seems to be that they're only targeting hr professionals and that's kind of how i came into it in the beginning i was like okay get the hr directors in because they're looking after everybody da 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 yeah that kind of works on one level but you're putting one person responsible for a whole team that's too much pressure for that one person for a start anyway that one person might not be the most compassionate person in the world they might not actually you know be able to relate to people on an emotional level they might be very good at the paperwork and the administrative side of hr but not very good on the sort of human connection and relationship point of view and actually we all have those human connections we all have the capability to help each other with our mental health because it's about relating on an emotional level and we all do that in our own different relationships so i've always said that when i was you know setting up the company and trying to train people in in a corporate kind of capacity i don't do that as much now but with the corporates i was saying look the more people that are trained the better because you're going to relate to that person differently than i do and i would go to that person and trust that person but i wouldn't want to talk to that person and from a, a logical point of view why would someone want to go and talk to the same person that's in charge of hiring and firing if they're talking about something very deeply personal and emotional it doesn't make any sense and actually it's it's a social issue mental health is a social issue so many of our issues come from the way that we've been socialized and brought up and by the same token the solutions are also social so it's about spreading awareness and making people realize like there's a hell of a lot we can all do to support each other it's not about having like really comprehensive training like i don't i don't actually talk about mental health illness very much in my training i've moved away from that because i just thought we don't need to know the ins and outs of schizophrenia we really don't we need to know dave doesn't look right i'm gonna go and talk to him and i'm gonna have the confidence to be able to do that because i know how to have a difficult conversation and i know that actually probably what he needs is to be listened to right now so i'm gonna create that space and that opportunity for him to talk to me 100 percent agree with everything you've just said there and i think that creating that safe space i think that's the reason why hr gets overlooked a lot of mm-hmm. times by employees speaking to them when you know the people in charge hiring firing you don't want to speak to them about that um whereas it might be a colleague or someone outside of the business or whatever you might feel more comfortable speaking to but i think the important thing is just check in yeah. and give people the opportunity to say how they're feeling um because supporting people financially is one aspect of supporting someone mm. um obviously you know it's important to make sure you're paid and your bills are paid you know if you don't do that that's going to affect people people's mental health but if that's sorted there's so many other aspects and 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 layers to it Mm. so just want to get more into what you've been doing with dark coffee so with with lockdown with all that's going on what have you specifically been doing with your clients uh, recently? So it's kind of changed quite a bit because in the beginning I was doing more the group training. 
and it, I was focusing more on corporates in the beginning because I thought, oh, that's the most sensible thing. I want to help the most number of people. I'm all about impact. So I thought, I'll talk to people, I'll do talks and I'll do workshops, talk to a big group of people and, and raise awareness. But actually what I've decided to really focus on is the part that I most enjoy, which is the one-to-one stuff. So I've been doing a lot more around coaching and it's been focused more on the leaders. So it's been uh, SME leaders, especially SMEs. I absolutely love the small business community. I've been a part of it for like four years now. Um, I just prefer small companies rather than big companies anyway. So I've kind of just decided to work with the people that I want to work with now. So yeah, I've been working with founders and it really does, it really comes down to confidence increasingly. Because I thought we can go down all these avenues, we can talk about well-being, we can talk about mental health, but ultimately, if you build yourself up as a confident leader, you can smash through walls. Like everything is, you can you can achieve anything if you do that. And it's really nice to be working with people to build them back up, especially at this time. Because, like you said, people's confidence has massively knocked, and they perhaps don't realise how much that's affected every area of their lives. But particularly if you're trying to run a business and you're trying to not control other people, but if you're trying to lead other people. If your confidence is wobbling, everything gets so much harder. But equally, if you can take the cap off of some of your limitations, it's a game changer. It really is. So yeah, focusing more on the on the leaders, and we've just I've just really uh, sussed up all the marketing and stuff. To be honest, I've started talking about badassery. That's kind of my thing now. Um, but for me, that comes down to two things: it's confidence, but also authenticity. It's actually knowing who the fuck you are first, and then being able to express it. And that's what brings the right people to you. So yeah, I've been giving a lot of talks, doing networking events and stuff like that. So talking to people about how to bring more of their badass selves to work, how to bring it into their marketing, how to just yeah walk their walk really. And it's been it's been absolutely amazing. Like once I made that decision for myself to actually talk to people in the way that I like to talk, everything's just kind of yeah, taken off. Hundred <laughs> percent. I think what you're saying that you're you're giving leaders in business confidence again yeah and i think a lot of people will have lost confidence when their businesses finances have been hit maybe yeah. they've had to let staff go and maybe they're less sure about the decisions they've made previously Absolutely. and the decisions they need to make moving forward so i think you until you have confidence in yourself in what you're doing you won't feel more certain about the future of your businesses okay. so yeah that confidence point is just you know a lot of people don't like talking about mental health and there is you know a lot of boomers and people like that mm. they're typically not the best at talking about it yeah. but you can get on board with getting your confidence back absolutely it's, get, it's putting it into terms that people fully understand it because like you say there's a stigma attached to mental health absolutely and if i talk to people about authenticity that's a bit of a buzzword so some people really relate to that people really resonate or they just absolutely hate it whereas you know badassery i literally just started using that word and some people love it like the people that love it are my clients and they absolutely they really hinge on it because it's non-corporate and it's a bit more fun and stuff like that so it's a good it's a good uh, disqualification criteria for me as much as anything else like they'll know exactly what they're getting when they work with me and i'll know you know whether or not they're on my wavelength as well but um confidence certainly when i say to people like would you like to be more confident everyone will say yes <laughs> so it's like are you are you wanting to actively work on that cool that's like a good sign that we're a good match for each other yeah i think having a conversation about do you want to improve your confidence and what are the reasons for it and how are you going to metric that and how are you going to deploy that in your business i, th I think the cl 
the clear thing is when you have more confidence, you make better decisions, um, you're more decisive, um, you're not as worried, you're less anxious, all these sort of things. And mm. what you've done with your marketing is you've, you know, using badassery and, you know, if you want to swear, you swear, yeah. you do what you, <laughs> you do, you do what you want because mm. that attracts the people which are more in line with what you're looking to achieve. Like you said, you moved a bit away from the corporate yeah. team team dynamic where you're looking to do it with you know implement um, mental health well-being um, projects within bigger businesses you now move more towards SMEs mm. where you can have a bigger impact on a smaller amount of people which exactly. I think is which I think is really smart especially at the moment where you know bigger businesses they've got so much going on in yeah. their HR department um, looking at looking at these sort of things is not top of their priority and actually as well I think small companies just fundamentally work differently like I, I really like working with people who want to change and who can change and what I found working with corporates you know you get some incredible individuals within corporate structures but they're very you know I was talking to you about this quite a lot the last couple of days the the very setup of a corporate structure is like confinement there's a lot of bureaucracy there's a lot of paperwork and even if you're a very creative expressive outgoing person and you want to make change and you want to do things in a different way it's really hard for you to actually do that and to thrive in that kind of environment whereas with smaller companies if the willingness is there they can put it into motion really quickly so you can get massive amounts of change from people in a very short amount of time because they can just follow through with the actions and if you're constantly hitting your head up against brick wall like i'm trying to change but i can't and i'm trying to change but i can't that's really frustrating and that's frustrating for me because i don't i don't want to be going and seeing someone for years on end purely because they can't get through any kind of personal blocks that they have. I want to work with someone, get through a block, and for them to be successful off the back of it. Like, you should be able to stop coaching if you get to a certain point if you want to. It shouldn't be just like, oh, I'm turning up every day and not having an impact. What's the point? There's no joy in that. Yeah, 100%. Um, I really like the point around um, ha having that impact. I mean, one of the things that is has been quite interesting, I mean, personally, I, I'm a marketing director for a recruitment business. Um, slowly staff are being brought back off furlough and back working and some of the uh, the work ethic and the reaction of staff and how they're communicating they're so grateful to be back working mm. like and they're absolutely smashing it you know mm. clients are so happy yeah. candidates getting pulled through well and it's because they're just pleased to be back doing what yeah. they enjoy doing and they look forward to getting back into that environment um, after not being able to do it for so long. I mean, mm. having paid time off sounds great, mm. but after a week or so, two weeks, you know, you turn that to three, four, five months for some people, it's suddenly not that great anymore. Yeah. And you want to be doing the thing that you know you can do. Mm. And I think that's that confidence. And people, we're slowly seeing the longer people are back off furlough and things like that, they are getting their confidence back. Yeah. And, you know, I work in the recruitment industry you know it's nothing like a placement to get a recruit's confidence back mm. okay it's getting back into the swing of it it's like a you know a striker scoring a goal it just gets it's fulfilling back. isn't it i was talking to you earlier about job fulfillment and that's that's what i'm really in the business of like i'm fascinated in the attitudes that people have to work like i've never been someone that can just do a job and get money and go home like i've just not been I'm not wired like that. I have to enjoy what I'm doing. And I love trying to help people realize that as well. So whether it's someone who's like, I'm coaching them to get the confidence to go and set up their own business. Sometimes that's the case. Or whether they're really shit hot at what they do. They just need to believe that they're shit hot at what they do. And they want to succeed within that business. Like 
I come up with all those different types of people because it's about actually realizing what's important to them and what they how they view success really what does success mean for them and what does meaningful work mean and like I don't think people should just work to live I don't think it should be this tedious thing that's just a part of your day that's like right in the middle of your happiness it should be a fundamental part of it it should be us wanting to work because we want to contribute to society and we want to get something back in return it's like I see it as a very integrated part of how we live like I want to help people do better work and to figure out what that means to them it might look different to you you might be really happy doing an 80-hour work week I will never be happy doing an 80-hour work week because even even though I absolutely love what I do rest is a massive part of my happiness and downtime and playtime and all these things are important so yeah I think helping people to see work more critically is massively interesting to me and we're not really conditioned that way societally we're told to get a job get the bills paid do the thing and it's it's so archaic and old-fashioned it really pisses me we're never taught to actually enjoy what we do yeah we're we're sort of taught to (laughs) to to learn study practice get good at what we do But there's never any mention of enjoying it. Never. Like, until you get, and I think this is where the entrepreneurial myth has come from. I was like, running your own business is the way to be happy. You have to work for yourself to be able to do that. And actually, no, because a lot of people are really bound down by the job that they do when they work for themselves because they've got all this admin to do and they didn't realise it involved so much work. Yeah, I, I want to touch on that point as well. Mm. I mean, I personally, I've been an entrepreneur, worked for myself, exited my business successfully. And there's nothing more stressful than working for yourself or yeah. or having to pay employees. Yeah. Um, that's super stressful. Yeah. Um, and, you know, for some people, leaving their jobs and starting businesses is absolutely not the right thing they should do. And mm-hmm. for some people, it absolutely is. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's having that high level of self-awareness. Um, me and Alice um, actually met for the first time in person at an event called Mind Over Grind in mm-hmm. September um, of last year. And... It was a collection of um, sort of mental health practitioners. There was entrepreneurs um, there who done some unbelievable stuff. And he was sort of saying how the, the link between entrepreneurship and mental health and giving your time, you're working 80 hour weeks or giving yourself a bit of time or how, how would you deal with all of that? Yeah, it's, again, it comes down to like what works for the individual and just questioning what we're told because entrepreneurship comes with so much mythology around it like i said before everybody thinks it's the way to live your life it's the perfect solution like every problem you've ever had in employment will be solved when you set up business for yourself which is such bullshit and it's not for everyone it's really hard work so we need to talk about that because there's all this hustle culture stuff in the ether and people promote working yourself into the ground and being a hustler and being a boss babe and all this stuff and it's just it's not right for everyone we have to learn what's right for us so yeah the work that i've done with small businesses in the past year has been super interesting because i i just question people all the time it's kind of annoying but i do call people on their bullshit and i say are you actually enjoying your job right now because you seem to be working really hard and not getting much back for it and like just asking little questions like that really annoys people but it gets them to stop and think like actually is that what i should be doing am i am i actually feeling fulfilled in this do i need to change the way i work because some people are sort of doing the same job that they were in employment, but they're actually getting less from it because they don't have that many clients and they're working harder than they ever used to. So it's like... That's the thing is a lot of people go, oh, maybe that sounds great. I'll go and set up on my own and go and do this. But maybe the thing that they really enjoyed about the thing that they do is the social interaction. Mm -hmm. And now they're working on their own, working with a handful of clients, and they're not... Maybe they're making more money, but they're not getting 
what they thought would be the enjoyment out of what they do because maybe it was that they just loved working with their colleagues and yeah. they loved the the way in which they worked um, as much as technically what they did. And the thing about being employed is you typically have a very narrow job description. Whereas when you work for yourself, if you start in the beginning and it's just you, you fulfill every capacity. You are HR, you're the director, you're the, the accountant sometimes to a certain extent and all these things. And actually to be able to outsource all of those functions takes a really long time. It takes a lot of research, it takes you know shopping around for a different accountant even, like one function, that can take a long time to get your accountant set up. Meanwhile, you're trying to get clients, you're trying to market, marketing, people don't realize how difficult marketing is. And you know, those of us from that kind of background, we fucking know, and it's hard work. <laughs> so- um, that's, why, that's why all marketers should be paid, paid more money. They definitely in my ex- should be paid in more. In my experience. <laughs> yeah, definitely agree. But it's just, people don't think about that because again, the mythology, the story that we're told is, working for yourself will make you really happy. Look at me, I'm on this beach in Bali. And like, all of those people that are giving YouTube adverts are full of shit. There is, they are not you know, telling you, you the know, truth. That, that's a real gripe of mine when you see all these business 20, gurus, twenty-two-year-old forex traders s- selling, you know, three hundred-pound courses every yeah. month for people to follow their trades. Yeah, it's just short-termism. It's like, do what I did, and you'll get to where I am. They don't actually give they you any actually, value. From yeah, that. But they they don't give you the five years when they made no money. I mean, no. I. I set up a business at Straight Out of University, and for the first year, I made F all money. Of course. And every penny that I made in sales got reinvested. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a fashion business, and I sold stock, and I had to buy more stock. And you know, it was just a, a big wheel to yeah. get it up to a point where it was actually sustaining, and you could bring in employees and other people to support. And I think that that part of the journey is is always missed off. And people don't realize, people think if you have an online product, you don't have any expenses. It's just not true. Like you need to pay for platforms. You need to pay for insurances if you're doing things properly. You need to pay for advertising and marketing costs. Like to get your course in front of the right people, you need to pay a lot of money for advertising. We were talking about the cost of like Facebook ads earlier. You're looking at thousands. You're not looking at 20 quid a day. If you're gonna do it properly and get the volume that you need to get to to develop a pipeline, you need to be paying thousands a month. So people think digital products are just free and there's no overhead. It's like they're still work involved. And those people are making money off of you clicking through via affiliate links, they're getting a kickback every time you log on. So even if you go to like a free webinar in air quotes, you're going into their sales funnel, you're getting retargeted, 10% of people will unfortunately go with it and pay for it because they're desperate and they prey on insecurity. But otherwise they are getting money from you just clicking through. They're getting 50 quid per click or whatever it is from these affiliate links. There's no morality there. And of course they seem really happy because they're on a beach in Bali because they're getting money. So at the top of a pyramid scheme, and you're the underling getting getting duped for it. Yeah, of course. And I think it's just that what that is is people falling for short termism. Yeah. Uh, like I heard a quote uh, from Gary V that said, um, "You should play the long game unless you know you're going to die tomorrow." Yeah. Um, like everyone knows that building anything of value is a long term game, mm-hmm. and for anything decent to happen, you have to have that mindset and short-termism never wins Mm -hmm. you know chasing a a short-term client chasing there's gonna be a lot of people during lockdown or coming out of lockdown that are going to take on clients that they wouldn't normally take on and that's concerning they're taking on those clients because they need money yeah uh and the client's probably not the right fit for them Mm -hmm. and you know it's not going to work long term that's a huge problem and it's a huge problem and i think that you know instead of having this is who I want to work with and this is how I work Mm. that can get shifted a little bit 
Yeah, I've been having this conversation a lot with a lot of different people because as soon as you get into conversations about like, yeah, I'm taking on this client, but I'm not sure. It's like, don't do it. Because I've seen it time and time again where people have taken on the not quite sure client and they've ended up expending so much time, so much energy, so much effort, so much heartache. Their, uh, their visions aren't aligned. Their values aren't aligned. They know from the beginning. We've got a gut instinct for a reason. If we listen to it, we can save ourselves. It's like if you're dating the wrong person, you're trying to make them fit with your worldview of like, oh, well, they said they want all the same things as me. So maybe, no, it's not going to work. And you could learn that a year from now or you could learn it tomorrow. Like save yourself the heartache and just stop it now. But we all do it because you're right. We focus on the short term and... The thing is, we're so outcome driven as a society. We always focus on big, shiny outcomes. And we don't think about like, am I actually enjoying this process that I'm in right now? Like you can be happy every day, every day of your life. You can be happy if you if you kind of look for the, the ways to facilitate that. I'm not just going to say, you know, just appreciate what you've got, We'd, which we do need to do anyway. But also you can think, do I really want to grow my business to be a million pound turnover? Or am I chasing that because that's what my old view of success was do I actually care about that or do I just want to make enough money to to work for the week and then have a weekend off yeah without question like um so I've previously worked with um student entrepreneurs um at different universities around the UK about you know they want to start this cool digital business or some app or whatever Mm. and I say why do you want to do that what is it that about being an entrepreneur having this new thing Mm is so important what's so great about it mm. and you get a bs answer yeah. or you ask someone why why do you want if you got someone interviews for a job ask them why they want the job mm. and you go they give you some bullshit you know the company's great you know it fits it you know it's it doesn't what is the reason why you do what you do and when you ask a lot of people this when they don't give you a straight answer you know it's not right for them yeah. and they're doing it for and and actually giving the answer of I'm doing it because it pays me well and it means I can support my family there's actually nothing wrong with that that's a fine answer like that's nothing re- wrong with that that's a really good answer yeah and You've it's d- honest isn't it yeah it's honest like if you say I d- you do what you do because it supports your family yeah that's your decision you're yeah. doing something that's your choice but to not understand that make, makes it very difficult to navigate as to where your happiness lies because you can have a review after a year after a year and you get that bonus mm. and apart and after you get that bonus or you get that pay rise or promotion don't actually feel any better yeah and, and you look back at that year and you're like what was it all for yeah and it's and it's where where does that qualitative quantitative line lie mm. like i work a lot with our clients on their employer brands and how we can make us our clients more attractive to the candidate market and some of the things are you know it's what's the most important things for these candidates oh it's having a flexible start time so your start time is between 8 and 9 30 and you do an eight hour day or mm. whatever it is but you know it might be that you know a mum or a dad wants to pick up their child two days a week so they they're going to have to come in 15 minutes later than they normally would yeah but doing that or maybe working an hour at home those sort of things mm. massively impact. Such a small tweak, but it's so Such important. a small tweak, but it makes such a massive difference. Yeah. And I think with, I think coming out of lockdown, because of this flexible working, people have done it for four or five months. Yeah. It's proven that they can do it now. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I, I really do hope that this flexible working does happen now. And I where, think it and has where people to. call for it, um, it, it, it's there for people. And I think that will 
allow people to have that work-life balance mm-hmm. give um give their real self to their work as well and i hope people as individuals we we kind of stick to our principles on what we know works for us as well because it'd be a real shame if we came out of lockdown and, and companies just clamped down and said actually we want you back in the office we want you working 50 hour weeks having just tried a different way that actually works better for some people some people really enjoyed being at home um it'd be a real shame if, if people were just like oh yeah fine yeah happy to do that i'd love it if people had that again confidence to say do you know what actually i need a bit of flexi time and that's really important to me and i'm willing to walk away from this job if you can't facilitate that because i've decided you know i realized a bit more about my work-life balance and this is what i'm talking about having lessons from lockdown i think a lot of people have been shown it's like a brutal mirror it's been held up to people and gone are you really happy with your life if not which bits would you change and people have you know consciously or subconsciously they've been making little adjustments if they have they've gone and a lot of people have been quite um reflective which i really enjoyed i really enjoyed the conversations i've had with people where they've been like actually i've realized i'm really creative in the morning so i don't want to start working and jumping straight into client phone calls i'd rather leave that for the afternoon when i feel more sociable and stuff and like the level of self-awareness now i think is as generally generally has improved for people which has been really interesting to see yeah 100 percent. that people have been forced into self-awareness yeah. which i think that i mean personally i had a had a rough time september 2019 last year i was just working so much and i went away on holiday for five days just to have a break mm. and have some cocktails and get burnt I remember, yeah. and i thought that that was going to be good i'd feel mm. better and refreshed when i came back it was the worst thing ever because i had to actually yeah, really ref- it, yeah it was awful i just had to reflect and like i didn't like reflecting it was really un- <laughs> it, was it, it was really uncomfortable and um i think a lot of people have had three four five months to yeah. reflect and now their headspace might be in a slightly different place so mm. it'd be a really positive thing if people have, have had that opportunity to reevaluate what their goals ambitions um, where they place their mental health, how they manage their time, all those sort of things mm. um, will have been affected. Like you said about people understanding how and why they work. Like in terms of creativity, I work best at night mm. when like, you know, 11, 12 o'clock and I'm sat writing some interesting stuff. So nice, isn't it? So like- you feels so arty and deep. <laughs> yeah, get, get some uh, ambient lighting going, get yeah. some candles. <laughs> Sit there by candlelight with your quill. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Dear diary. But it's also the lack of interruption is really good for getting into flow state. Yeah, Because you course. don't have people emailing you, you don't have your LinkedIn notifications going. No, and that's, you know, it's an important um, reflection. I love that you um, touched on flow state there. Mm. So that's something which I always sort of try and get myself in, Mm. you know, getting a podcast on, getting your headphones in and getting locked into doing one task and doing it really well. I mean, I've read up on people, hyper successful people, Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos, all these people, they talk about flow state and how they actually work 30 hours a week, whatever. And it's like, how do you do what you do 30 hours a week? And it's because that output, they're working like two, three hour chunks and their output is unbelievable mm-hmm. in the time that they're working because they get themselves into these states. Mm. And I personally, I don't work well in a loud office environment. I have to get into my little bubble yeah. and then I'll um, get that output. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that a lot of people have struggled working from home in order yeah. to be productive because they've got puppies like I have. <laughs> they've got... Um, They've got kids, they've got, you know, um, husbands, wives, whatever, um, doing their job as well. So everything's been brought home. Mm -hmm. So I think it's been quite difficult for people to feel as productive 
as in the office. It's just a very distracting chain of things. Like you've got the stress of the situation and the kind of trauma element that we touched on earlier. Then you've got all the distractions of being at home in your, you know, your play space and your rest space. And then suddenly you're trying to make it a workspace. So your head's like split in five different directions. <laughs> and then you're thinking like, oh, I need to go to the shop and I need to do that. And you need to like strategize your day of like, well, there's going to be a queue outside the shop. Da, da, da. And there's like, there's so many things going on how are we supposed to concentrate in all that mess it's really tough and this is why like people give themselves such a hard time when you actually step back and look at the situation you can go oh shit it's actually really challenging i shouldn't be giving myself such a hard time but it's only when we sort of talk to each other and we share that as soon as you've got sounding board everything goes into sharp relief and you get a bit of perspective on it because someone will say do you know what like everybody says i don't have it as hard as so and so so they think that means they can't complain it's like no your feelings are valid you're absolutely entitled to feel shit if you if you're going through a hard time and sometimes it takes someone on the outside to say you know from the outside i could say oh my god scott's so lucky he's got a puppy but i know from having a puppy previously it's really hard work it's yeah, really you, like, hard wings everywhere yeah and, and you're up all hours and you're tired and then you're trying to work at the same time so it is really tough but you'll say oh well, i don't have it as bad as alice because alice doesn't have a dog and yeah, that is hard for me because I love dogs and I love that. But like, I, that's one less job for me yeah. as well. So yeah, exactly. it's like, we've all got something about our circumstance that is going to be tough. And we're going to challenge ourselves. We're going to struggle in different ways. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's like the family that have got two kids at home and it's super crazy and yeah. busy. But then you've got that person who lives on their own. Yeah. And they've been locked down with themselves. Yeah. And they'll say, oh, well, it's not as bad as so-and-so because I don't have kids running around. It's like, yeah, but you've got isolation to deal with and that's really difficult. Yeah, so it's like, well, which side of the coin do you want to be? Yeah. Like, both has its pros and cons. Yeah. So I think it's, I think everyone has probably got a greater um, understanding of each other and of uh, their situations and and, and how, they've, how they've got through lockdown. Mm. But I think a good way to sort of wrap this up is to just sort of go over, you know, that um, well-being over business. Because mm. if you get your well-being correct, mm. you can be successful in business. Yeah. Um, and I don't think anxiety, depression, stress in the short term now is going to develop any good positive employment, financial success for business owners, no. anything like that. So I think good takeaways you know mind over grind mm -hmm. um getting yourself set up checking in with your employees checking in with yourself mm. um looking at where your confidence is at something mm. that we had a talk about this week about myself getting my confidence back getting talking um we come out here we've recorded a podcast really good we've had we've had a good lunch you got you know. out of the house so I'm so yeah proud. exactly <laughs> yeah and, and get out there again so um yeah it's really really important to have those sort of basic human takeaways i think so mm. um yeah alice where can we find you online easiest places are on my website .coffee.co.uk, linkedin i'm on there my company has a page as well um on instagram as well i'm pretty active on there so both myself and the company have an account dark coffee well-being or alice lyons well-being uh, but yeah i'm very contactable on all of those platforms Okay, cool. So thank you, Alice. That's really cool. I'll put any links in the description down below. Um, any businesses or individuals or leaders of businesses that think that they could do with Alice's support, do get in contact with her. Um, also, any listeners who thought this was sort of useful, um, check out um, Alice's podcast, Dark Coffee. Um, 
really informative uh, talks about a lot of the things that we've sort of skimmed over today so alice thank you so much for being on the podcast it's been great to talk about some yeah slightly different um difficult topics for some people and hopefully some people get some value from this yeah thanks so much for the opportunity it's been lovely nice to be a guest and not a host as well what a treat there you go <laughs> treat me today all right thank you very much thank you thanks guys